Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of your Monday Motivation with your host, Matt Pendola and Aaron Pendola. Hello there. Aaron, it's nice to have you back. I think some people thought that maybe you left me and I... I Told one person asking me about where's Aaron been the last uh, couple podcasts, and I said, "Well, yeah, she left me for another guy." And he's like, "Yeah, that makes sense." No, we just had some really amazing guests. We had to get in here before they all took off again for the for the rest of the summer. We did, and then before that, we had um, Father's Day. I wanted to do that uh, that with um, my dedication to to less, and so I did that one on my own, which is the first time I did it on my own. I, I think it went okay. Yeah, it sounded good. I I enjoyed listening to it, of course. So guys, today we're going to be talking about visualization and how you can use those type of practices just to increase your own performances. This doesn't have to be in athletics and sports, but it is something that I will talk a little bit more on the athletic side today. And uh, hopefully if you are, if you do have a competition coming up or Let's just say you have something coming up that you really want to perform at your best for, then I think this will help today. So first, we're going to talk about your senses. And with your senses, there's, of course, many different things that work well for different people. But smell in particular is one that I think gets bypassed when people are visualizing success. And why is that important? When you think back about when your mom made you that special meal, and as soon as you walk in the door, you can smell it, and it just, man, you get so excited because, well, for me, it was apple pie. And so really, when you can bring that sense of smell into your competition, into your visualization, it brings back a flood of good Memories, So that can really help. So it can be something as simple as that. But I have a more specific reason that I do it for my racing. If I'm putting in a lot of good, hard quality sessions to get ready for a race, I may take just the dirt from that training ground, literally just a little bit of dirt. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to erode the environment or anything. I'm not going to erode the trails by taking all the dirt away, but just a little dirt, put it, put it into a baggie. <laughs> You're laughing at me already. And, uh, and I know it sounds silly, but even the texture too, I might rub it onto, uh, between my hands and smell it. And I just feel ready. I'll do that the morning of my competition, especially when I'm feeling anxious and just a simple little thing, but it works. How about you? I have never done any of those things. You were talking. I'm just going to say, yeah, I I was, I do have, um, something in, in the visualization with the smell, but doesn't have anything to do with athletics. Uh, we used to have a very special spot in Northern California that my grandfather had land there for many years. And then growing up, I, you know, I went there before I even knew that I had gone there. So it's, it was in my life, you know, I'm 39 now, so for 39 years. And unfortunately it's no longer in the family as of a few months ago, but 
the smell of the first when you'd pull up to the to the house and you'd walk in and I I can still smell that smell now of coming into the house and even Mia now would always say that when we'd get there I can't wait to to smell the house and it's just yeah it brings back it's my it's my happy place so I'm not a good flyer I hate flying it makes me anxious I can't stand it the landing the takeoff all of it so uh, that's my happy place and I will visualize that when I'm in an anxious or you know stressful situation that's that's perfect and and I really think that it does help so much they they say that with with that sense of smell and once you have that locked into your memory it's just so easy to get that feeling back whenever you need it I try not to overdo that but I use it when I feel like I need it the most so it still stays sort of potent if you will in uh in your visualization and then another thing I think that uh, is it really just it's so simple but paying attention to the process when you get there uh, now this again could be an important board meeting that you're putting on it, it doesn't have to be something uh, in competition but just take in the scenery realize that you're you're fortunate to be there and just enjoy that moment celebrate and have fun in the moment uh, just look around take it in and i also like to just think about the just like me and ing which again if i'm looking at somebody else that i think is somebody maybe that i look up to or uh, i'm going to give for example i'm going to salt lake next month and i'm excited about it because i'm going to be working with some junior elite athletes that are going to be trying to make the olympic team or at least that's the goal one day so it's going to be a great opportunity for me as a strength coach but i'm really being tested there in, in a sense that if i do well i will be invited back for more camps and if i don't do well i they probably will say hey thanks for coming but i won't hear from them again so there's a certain amount of pressure there and for me i just need when i get there it's just to take it in and say wow i get to do this i'm I'm trusted to be the strength coach here, but instead of freaking out, just remind myself I've done the work, I'm ready, I'm prepared. I'm preparing at, uh, right now all week. I've been preparing with uh, you know specific videos for these athletes and topics of discussion that we can go over and evaluation points that I wanna make sure that we do with the athletes there that they can really take away something from that experience with me. So I, I know by doing that and preparing properly that those athletes are going to be served and that's why they're showing up and that's why I'm there. So all I have to do is remind myself that I've done the work and I am prepared, but just take it in and look around and say, wow, like I get to help these, I get to serve these athletes. I get to help them. And what a great experience that is. And I got to pinch myself because when I first started off in this business, in this industry, I, I, did, I had no idea that one day I would be doing that along with just these amazing coaches, including Mr. Bobby McGee that will be there as well. Yeah, I bet you're excited to see him, huh? I am. Him and, and, and really, again, you know, all the up-and-coming athletes, it just, it's so cool. And then, of course, the other coaches that will be involved. To be able to be around that kind of quality coaching 
it's uh you're no longer a big fish in a small pond you're now with the sharks you know you're with the big dogs and uh i can't wait to learn from them too and to experience that i'm sure i'm gonna be taking lots and lots of notes so yeah i'm excited about that and so i have to remind myself that those coaches are just like me and uh the ing part is hey, I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at presenting. I'm doing the podcast here. I'm getting better at vocalizing what I, the points I want to bring across in a lecture where you know there was a time when I would sort of freeze a little bit or maybe just kind of go off on tangent because I didn't know what else to say, which, again, I know I can be a little guilty of that, but <laughs> at times. I think everyone's getting used to that. It's okay. <laughs> but at least I would think that uh, I, I have a little more purpose in my in my conversations because I've done the work. So uh, that that's an important part too. And then we talk about grit a lot, but my idea of grit may be a little bit different than than some. And 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 there are times when I think that grit can be overdone or misunderstood and and maybe even for one person grit would be more like it sounds like you're just going to grind out and be the toughest one out there all the time and and I certainly take some pride in in being that person as well but I also like to remind myself and my athletes our culture here that uh, when it feels overwhelming, when when we're in a tough spot and we're being really truly challenged in whatever experience we're in, that uh, as long as we we've had a plan and we've trained for that plan, then we're in pretty good shape. But as Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, you need to know how to handle things when it doesn't go the way that you planned, and be able to kind of go with the flow and make the best out of it if it doesn't end up in your mind how how you had this perfectly planned out process and then nope that didn't happen that way so yeah being prepared with knowing you have a fallback or a a way to to get through that is is extremely important but i think that things can always be unpredictable and so we we need to address address that in the, in the sense that even if we had a plan A, B, and C, maybe none of those plans are working out for us. Maybe it just took a complete left turn on us for whatever reasons. That could be because of the weather in a race, or it could just be because we have stomach issues and we didn't foresee that happening. You know, we might have, uh, you know, we might have a little bit of a cold or might have caught something just before, you know, we're going to compete. Or in the case of planning for a lecture or doing something like that, maybe the projector doesn't work all of a sudden, right? And so there's there's those things that we have to be still prepared for. So what I oftentimes will tell my athletes to start thinking about things going haywire and and we'll even we'll, we'll even have some we'll have some conversations where I'll just lead them in a certain direction and say, okay, now, no, now this happened. So now what are you going to do? And we just keep going until they don't really have a solid answer. And then to me, really it comes down to trusting yourself, trusting your instincts and taking one step at a time and really breaking it up into steps. So it can feel so overwhelming when you think about everything at once you know, this is everything that I'm supposed to get done, or this is everything I'm supposed to be accomplishing right now. And it's not going the way I thought. So if I just break it up into just the moment, 
and stay present in the moment. Okay, but what can I do now and how can I improve upon this situation right now? And just keep it simple, be in the present and have a flexible mindset. And that is so key. We all have to be able to adapt. When we adapt, that's an opportunity to get stronger. So physically, mentally, we don't really get stronger until we're put into situations that we have to adapt to. So just like being able to, say, lift a little bit more weight because we've progressed to that and now our body has to adapt to that weight or to deal with more stress mentally, that adaption is something that we can actually be grateful for and say, okay, yeah, I didn't didn't think it was going to be this hard or I didn't see this challenge coming. But exactly that, I'm going to see it as a challenge and I'm developing survival skills right now. Yeah. And if you're enjoying the process, getting back to that original point about saying, you know, you're in the moment and you're, you're living this moment right here, everything that you've worked for and, and trained for and being able to even celebrate those times where things aren't going the way that you planned, but you're still able to get through that. So that right there is just even better to be able to say, okay, this wasn't perfect, but look, I still did it and I still got through it. So that, I think that ties in really well with that same, the pro enjoying the process and being flexible at the same time can work really well together. Absolutely. And reminding yourself that you are a part of a culture and uh, you know, this is something I'll pose a lot of times as a question uh, to one of my athletes might be freaking out about a race coming up and or a competition of some sort or or even again, we can make it a job interview. Some of my former athletes that are now graduating college and looking for jobs and they can't find anything, especially in this situation we're in right now with covid um, compared to what is always a good place to start, I think saying, okay, okay, but you have a roof over your head and, and, and you have some security and you have people who love you. And, and no matter what, as long as you're doing your best, you will have people that will always be there to have your back and support you. And so just to remind yourself of that, because oftentimes I think we put way more pressure on ourselves than we really, we really need to. And just by saying, okay, so if you don't win today, or if you don't get this job, or if this presentation just ends up not being as optimal as you wanted it to be, what is going to happen? Does that mean that you're, nobody's going to love you anymore? Nobody's going to care about you? People are going to just want you to go away forever? I, I, no, right? There's that, that, of course, the culture that you surround yourself with will always be there. And uh, quite honestly, if there is anybody that you would lose in those type of situations, you would lose their faith or you would lose their support. Well, it's you're better off without them anyways, because if you're doing your best, they should recognize that and, and support you just as you would support them. So I think this is a good part of the conversation to bring up. Instead of asking, why is this happening to me? you can ask what now when i say why this is your legacy is your why right but in this case i mean people would say why am i having this obstacle right now why is this happening well it's happening for a reason what is that reason well 
what's good about this situation is one of the things that you can ask yourself because there's always something good. Again, there's an opportunity to adapt, to grow, to get better. And so maybe that's why it's happening. Yeah, I I still struggle. I mean, I guess I say struggle. I still am working on this aspect of finding the good in, in even a bad situation. So, um, it it is more challenging than just saying, okay, well, I'm just going to turn this around. I mean, some people are really great at that. I know a lot of people that can very easily, I mean, you're one of them, honestly, Matt, just that can pick out the good when I'm, when I'm upset about something or down about something or focusing on the negative, you are always really good at being able to find um, the good and the positive about that. And it really does make a difference. So I'll continue to work on that. Well, you know, but that's also going back to that's why you're a part of my culture and vice versa, because I'm there to support you and uh, to help you through those things. But it's uh, it's interesting because your way of supporting me a lot of times is by also just kind of I'd almost call it tough love in some ways, but you'll just kind of call me on BS sometimes if I'm just complaining to complain or I just, yeah, maybe I just want to vent a little bit and you'll take a certain amount of that venting, but then you'll just be like, okay, I've heard enough. Let's just move on from this. What are you going to do about it? And uh, so you remind me of that all the time too. I think we complement each other that way. And, and that's why it is important to have a good, strong culture around you. And it's, yeah, it's the yin and the yang and the bang, bang, baby, right? Because if you're not supporting each other, if you don't have that kind of culture around you, go find that culture. It's there. Yeah, I guess I've been blessed with that too with my, my friends. You know, we kind of, my best friends that I will know will be there for me no matter what, but they're very honest too. At the same time, like you said, you don't, you don't really get to get away with anything if you know you're just kind of not being true to to yourself or to the situation and I do have friends that will say hey like what are you doing why what's going on let's let's figure this out and it's it's very reassuring to have those people that you know will a support you but also help you out of those situations when you don't really know that you're kind of in that cycle of just repeating these things over and over again yeah and that's where I think that just going over what can I control is really important too. So let's say that I'm in a race and the weather is really bad. I can't control the weather. So stressing about my hands because my hands get really numb and, and, and I can't even grip. And I've, I, I had a whole situation like that where I was really challenged in the Spartan World Championships. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to move my hands for a while. So there's nothing I can do about how cold the water is or how windy it is and that that's nothing I can control but you know what I could control I stuck my hands down my pants that's what I did did that work it worked right (laughs) I mean I'm not going to get into I mean you can all just do the visualization there and figure out how that works but it worked and that's something I did and and you know what I was the only one doing it and you know what I was I'm sure I I look silly right running with my hands in down my pants okay i mean it, but but it worked and i'm sure other people had that hand grip issue that's when i just gotten out of the water they make you swim through this i mean freezing cold water i'm not exaggerating it was so cold and um because i have the reynolds uh disease uh, that's just something i've had to deal with and uh, i was able to get through it and so just what can i control and going back to those basics, it really matters. It really helps. So, um, 
empowering yourself is super, super important. How would you like to be able to control your situation and be that person that looks for how can I take advantage of this instead of why is this happening to me? Because you're most likely going to be that person that pushes through and that's going to be a game changer for you. And even just in my mind, envisioning my best training when it was cold and realizing I was able to push through those things before. So don't freak out. Let me just take one step at a time. Let me get my hands warm. And uh, I remember in that particular situation too, you could see the sun up in the mountains and we had to actually climb out of that water up into the mountains and I couldn't wait to get to the sun. Now that was a steep vertical climb, but that invigorated me to just work that much harder so I could get my hands and my body in the sun. And, and really, I also looked at with this kind of a vertical climb, I'm going to really raise my core temperature just with the effort of this climb. So I was grateful for the climb. I didn't want something that was easier or downhill into uh, probably more or colder temperatures into the shadows, right? I wanted to get up into that sun. So that's the way I chose to see that. And I don't know if this fits here, but I always think to myself, like, how badly do you want this? You know, and if it's something that you want badly enough, then you're going to figure out a way to, to get there. And I know, again, that kind of simplifies things a bit, but I, I really truly mean that. What If you really want something and it is really valuable to you and really important to you, whatever that may be, I think that we all have it in us to, to achieve that in one way or the other. The more flexible you are, the more adaptable you are. And to me, that's grit. That's what it comes down to, and that's how you empower yourself. And, of course, the great Bobby McGee, he says grace, gratitude, and guts. That's his mantra, and that's what we try to live by here. That's, that's become our mantra here as well at Pandola. And the grace part, I mean, pretty simple, but when you are grateful and for what you have and you are a good competitor, but also you appreciate your competition and, and not only appreciate it, but you even support your competition. And, and again, like when I'm working with the, these athletes that all want to make it one day to the Olympics or make it as a pro and they're training with each other. They're supporting each other in that process, even though the person next to them could be the person that gets to the podium instead of them. And that's a really um, strong empowering part of the process because now when they get to that that uh, higher level of competition, even if it's not that same person, they've gone through that process and understanding that they're grateful for the competition they had to get better, to be better version of the R. So that's, that's, you know, gratitude. And uh, of course, guts is just the grit part we've been talking about, but sometimes you just have to decide that you are going to be the toughest person there. Right. And you're just, even if, even if in reality, there's other people willing to work just as hard as you in your mind, I think it's important to say, you know what, I'm the hardest worker in the room right now. And that's okay. You can, you can get yourself to the place where you feel good about your, your struggle and you actually are empowered by that struggle. So yeah, in reality, thinking back at it, I have several other competitors that 
I know work just as hard as me, but in that moment, in that process, I'm like, I'm just going to outwork you. I don't care. And maybe, uh, I did work a little harder than some, and maybe some worked a little harder than me, but my, my mindset was there to just, just give it everything I could. And when I cross that line, I feel like I've done everything I could. I have no regrets. And it's really the same thing with this business. I mean, there's been several times when I've regretted some decisions I've made, especially when it came to financial uh, side of things. But then I know that my intent was there. I know I worked my butt off. And I know I was trying to serve my clients, my athletes, the best I could along the way. So I don't have any regrets, and I know that um, I will eventually get to that other side of things. And that's kind of what has happened with our business over the years as well. But have you enjoyed the process? You know, that's a really good point because I think I wish that I could go back and tell my younger self to enjoy the process more. When I was younger, I definitely just put my head down more, and it was just more ass and elbows, you know? Yeah, but don't you think that can needs to be part of it? Some, I, don't, I don't think you can enjoy, enjoy every moment. I mean, I think that's a little bit, um, you know, that you're asking a lot there. Like, I do, I do that with Mia a lot now that she's eight and a half, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, where, where did the time go? And I know parents out there, you can relate to this. You're looking at your children, and you're thinking, did I... I mean, I do this to myself all the time. Did I enjoy it as much as I should have? You know, did I, did I really, you know, feel every moment and really was I there? Was I present? And then you're thinking, you're like, yeah, but it's still life. You still have the day-to-day stuff, the grind that you have to get through. So, you know, give yourself a break if you didn't enjoy every moment of the process. I think you need to admit that that's okay to not enjoy every single moment because some moments are not enjoyable. No, I love that you brought that up because certainly... Uh, I probably do come across like you should, you should just love every part of it. But no, I, of course I have my low moments and I'm not enjoying it. Uh, but I, that's where reminding myself that it's not permanent. And, uh, I love that you brought that up about Mia because this was a, a good example that, uh, that we went through with Mia when she was younger, I remember she fell and skinned her knee and she was just you know, crying and crying and, and, and almost uncontrollably. And when I say younger, I think she might have been like two or something. And uh, I, I remember try, just wondering why I knew it must have hurt, but just realizing that she doesn't really understand what happened or, um, or, you know, she knew she fell. But I remember researching it a little bit afterwards and then reading that kids don't necessarily realize the pain's going to go away. And so they think it's permanent. Like <clears throat> my knee hurts this bad right now. It's going to always hurt this bad. And so uh, then I started telling her that it's going to feel better. Just focus on your breathing right now. Uh, let's talk about some things that went well today. Let's, let's just talk about uh, when she was learning to ride her bike and she was um now this is now a couple of years down the the road and you know the fear of falling wasn't so great anymore because she knew by that point if she fell it yeah it would hurt a little bit possibly but then that pain would go away so she'd get over that and then just yesterday actually um i we, we were both actually here at the facility and i looked over at mia and she had a bloody knee and I said, uh, oh, what, what happened? And she said, I fell and 
I, are you okay? And she, yeah. And her knees bleeding and, and she just kind of smiling at me and she's like, I'm okay, daddy. And it just reminded me, uh, that, wow, she really, you know, she's really learned now that this is not permanent. And, um, and I think that that is something we can all relate to. So when you're, when you're struggling, yeah, it might just, it might just suck and you have to just embrace the suck and say, yeah, this is not a fun part of the process, but it is an important part of the process still. And I'm just, I'm going to remind myself that it's not permanent. And, uh, you know, uh, finally it's not personal, right? <laughs> like unless somebody, I guess, pushed her down on the ground, that would be personal, but, uh, it's not, it's not a personal thing that's happening at the time. And I think the more we can remind ourselves that the more we can control our emotions and, uh, and then again, just put your mindset in that place, like with Mia, where I would just tell her to think about fun times, something else she was doing that was a lot of fun for her, focus on uh, her breathing, just breathe through it, just calm yourself down. And then before you know it, you know, she's distracted enough to, uh, to, to move on from the pain, right? So that's, I think that's also an important lesson that we all can remind ourselves of. So finally, we just want to finish, wrap this up with getting into the flow because um, that's a, there's a book called The Rise of Superman, which really describes well extreme athletes that are just, uh, they're just doing things that I couldn't even imagine. But, uh, you know, when they're in those moments, time sort of slows down and they say it slows down even more for these type of extreme athletes. Cause if they don't handle themselves and they don't do the right thing, they could die. Right. So that process is really sped up for them. And I guess they're kind of junkies even in that process, but getting into the flow for the rest of us can be a little bit tougher because we're our life isn't threatened. Right. And so there's a couple few, uh, important steps that I like to take and uh, share with you guys today. So, you know, the, Unplugging yourself is, uh, first of all, probably my my biggest tip in getting into the flow, and that means just getting rid of the distractions. So I, you know, I've talked several times about just cell phones, right? And I'm going to take this away from competition for a second and just talk about when I get home, I make it a practice to go upstairs and put my cell phone away, and uh, sometimes even just shut it off completely. And that's a part of unplugging myself to eliminate the distractions so that I can have quality time with my family. Now it's time to spend with my family instead. And so what what type of um, environment is right for you is uh, is another part of it, because the the, the other part of uh, unplugging yourself, there can be times when you actually are you want to listen to your favorite uh, music and something that's going to help calm you down. And maybe that is that music is coming from your cell phone, right? So it's just deciding on when the environment is appropriate for you. Yeah. And you and I are a little different that way. Cause I do when I'm studying or, you know, programming or whatever it is, I like noise in the background, whether even if it's just the news, I don't even have to really even be paying attention to what is being said. Um, I just kind of like having that noise in the background. So yeah, it could be news, it could be music, it could be a podcast, whatever. But I actually work a little bit better. That gets me more into a flow. I, I think it just is a little, I don't want to say distracting because I am focused on what I'm doing, but it does, it just kind of helps me through the process. Yeah, I like that point as well because with me, I do, 
with especially with my ADD, I like to uh, really have it quiet when I'm trying to get work done and I kind of need to be in my own space. But again, going back to the presentation I have to give, uh, what I've started to do last week is give some of that presentation to my athletes here in their education station. And what I'm getting used to, and I've sort of, I mean, this has been happening for several years now, so I'm more used to it. When you give a presentation, some people are talking and it's not perfectly quiet. And uh, sometimes you just, you have people even not really in, in disrespectful, but just, you know, they're just, their voice is out there and it can be distracting. And, and, and so I just started to learn a little bit better about how to keep on track, which for me means sticking to bullet points. And just like with this podcast, I have bullet points that I talk about, but what I've learned is that I don't want a whole script because then it's not organic for me anymore. So I keep the bullet points there. And if I get distracted with uh, somebody else talking while I'm lecturing, I just go and look at my next bullet point that helps me continue. But then also sometimes it's a reminder for me, Hey, you know, maybe I need to switch this up now or even get, uh, everybody, you know, kind of invigorated with a new topic or up and moving something like that. So I try to see the good in that and saying, you know, maybe, maybe I'm going on too long with this right now. So, um, quality sessions should be like you're going, like you're going to be in your competition though, or in that environment. So that's what I will finish with. Um, I will listen to music when I'm running easy, for example, and especially if, um, you know, a podcast, right. I'll listen to podcasts quite often when I'm running easy and just kind of getting in my miles, uh, you know, that sort of thing on my way to, to work and, and things like this. But, when I'm getting closer to a specific competition, I know I'm not going to have headphones on. I know I'm not going to be able to do that. Then I will get in my specific quality sessions without music. So I'm used to that when it comes to the competition itself. So everyone will get into the flow in a different way. And I, I do think, uh, again, you know, Aaron, you, you said something, again, was a nice variation, which is, which is that you actually like some distraction around you. And that might even get you a little bit more enticed to, uh, to, to push more or reach more because of the, that more active environment around you. So we all feel things different ways and we all kind of perceive things in different ways. So I think it does come back to, uh, getting to the environment that's right for you and, uh, and just getting good in, in those environments that you're going to be in for your, uh, your best version of yourself in competition or in a presentation or just in, in life. So hopefully it helped you guys out with, um, these points, these topics. I know just having Aaron on the podcast with me helps me out because when I'm talking about these things and she has her own version or her own thought process on these things, it is different. And I've actually heard from a lot of our listeners about how they love getting both of our perspectives on on the topics because uh, oftentimes, even though we both share or the same ideals, our thought process is different. So I would just remind you guys that you don't need to uh, have the same process as someone else. I think that is probably the strongest point that I try to bring across to my athletes is 
doesn't you don't try to be like so and so just just be be you and figure out what works for you and don't worry about everyone else yeah that's such a nice freeing thing to think about i just get to be me i don't have to worry about what anyone else is doing and that's i i can really appreciate that as i get older as well all right so we just get in the flow and we go and with that we will say thank you for listening to another monday motivation Yes, and you can get in touch with us, Aaron, at pendolatraining.com. And you can see us on Instagram at Pendola Project. And anytime you have questions, give us an email. We'd love to hear any feedback. And you can always rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. Yeah, man. And remember, you can get programming from us. Uh, If you email Aaron, she will uh, talk you through it and uh, help you out. And as soon as we can figure out what your goals are, we can start that process up for you too if you're you're interested. And uh, thanks again. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you so much.